You're listening to the Butterfly Effect Podcast, episode number one. Today, Courtney Berg, my mentor in the nutrition biz, local boss babe, and owner of Vitality Nutrition, is here to ask me all of the in-depth questions she has about my personal health journey. This episode of the Butterfly Effect Podcast is sponsored by Contrast Recording. Are you interested in sharing your experiences and inspirations with the world? No matter how good your information is or how good your guests are, people will totally be turned off from it if it sounds like it was recorded in a tin can. Contrast Recording specializes in providing high-quality recording services. From recording music to podcasts, they make sure their clients walk away knowing they receive their best quality recording with the best quality service and experience. If you're interested in recording a podcast, head to www.contrastrecording.com. As well, be sure to follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for unique content, promos, and updates. This is the Butterfly Effect Podcast, and I'm Ashlyn Newlove, tackling everything from fitness, nutrition, business, life, ice cream cones, and everything else in between to help inspire people to make one change that causes their ripple effect. Welcome to my first ever podcast. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Ashlyn Newlove, and I'm a fitness and nutrition coach, helping people have fun, keep fit, and reach their goals while they're at it with my online program, The Sweat Effect. I want you to give a big old hello to my friend, mentor, gym buddy, and fellow cone connoisseur, Courtney. Hey guys. So in addition to being a cone connoisseur, I'm also a registered dietitian. And I serve the dreamers, the doers, and the movers who are struggling to find a sustainable way to nourish their body towards their specific goals. Together, we create solutions that extend far beyond cookie-cutter diets. Rather than prescribing, I partner with clients to teach, guide, and mentor them towards a style of eating that is appropriate for their unique lifestyle, challenges, and goals. I should have known that the little girl who stole my mom's digital camera to film cooking videos at the age of 10 would develop a passion for food and nutrition. This passion led me to pursue a registered dietitian designation through the University of Saskatchewan's nutrition program. Anyone who knows me might tell you that I'm rarely seen outside of an all-black outfit, but if you look beyond my boring sense of style, you'll find a girl who is full of color. Honestly, I wake up every morning honored and humbled to work with such amazing clients who inspire me to chase excellence. Court, I definitely don't think that you have a boring sense of style as I'm currently wearing black on black on black. (laughs) (laughs) So you know how in every other podcast, people usually bring on guests to ask them questions? Well, we're going to be doing it a little bit different. I'm going to be bringing on guest hosts to put me under the microscope, bring topics to the podcast that interest them, and ask me all of the questions they've been dying to know. So I guess here's where I let... Courtney, take the wheel. So I'm super excited to ask my burning questions. And I know Ashlyn quite well, but there was there were still a few things that I wanted to snoop about. So I thought I'd ease her into it with my very first question being, what food would we find stocked in your pantry or fridge at all times? Well, I have a couple of them. I am on a huge Buddha bowl popcorn kick right now. So I generally stock three bags in the cupboard at all times. 
just so I know I'm never going to run out. And I also have about 10 different pints of ice cream in the freezer. And I wish that I could say that I was exaggerating when I say that. (laughs) She is not exaggerating. I have seen it. Next question. This one's still a little bit on the easier side of my question spectrum. But if you had no more than $100 to invest in your favorite kitchen gadget or tool, what would be your must-have? I know you thought I was going to say a slow cooker. I did. (laughs) (laughs) But actually... Life has changed lately. I did. I used to do a lot of slow cooking back in the day, and I still do love my slow cooker. However, I have an instant water boiling little machine, and I, whenever my husband Curtis is away, he's usually the coffee maker in the morning, and he'll brew a pot when I get first get out of bed, so it's always ready made for me. I don't, however, make my coffee when he's gone. I will drink an instant coffee. So I use my instant water boiler all the time. And also, I've been on a big soda stream kick lately. So I have to say two things because I do have two. But yeah, everybody's like, oh, Ashlyn's a slow cooking machine. She's for sure going to say her slow cooker. Not this time. Not no. rocking out with your crock Not rocking out with my crock <laughs> I want you to picture a family member, a friend, or maybe even it's a new client that you're working on, on their nutrition journey. Say they have absolutely zero, zero experience. What is the one piece of advice you would give them? Well, honestly, people do just need to be very open-minded with the recommendations that we give them. I don't give them recommendations just because I want to see them do them. I give them to them because they work. So if you can just keep an open mind, follow the things that we're guiding you about. You know, if I'm telling you, you need to eat more protein or you need to eat more fiber or you need to increase your water. I'm not trying to nag you. I don't want to nag you. (laughs) I want to see the best for you. And honestly, if you just, you know, try in those areas to increase those things, follow those recommendations that we're giving you, it makes it so much easier on you. People have their aha moments. I always like, I find a few weeks into coaching and you can probably agree with it where they like hit their stride with things. They're killing the recommendations that we're giving them. And they're like, holy shit, like this works. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So that's my advice. Just follow the recommendations. Okay, picture this same client, and I think we can all relate to being this person. You're just entering the nutrition and the fitness world, and there's so much conflicting information. Anything you Google or see on Facebook um, might be giving you different advice. So do you eat low carb? Do you eat high fat, low fat? Do you eat bread? Do you not eat bread? Do you eat red meat? What about egg yolks? There's so much uh, conflicting information. It's hard for these newbies to know what to believe. So what are some of the worst recommendations you hear in the nutrition and fitness industry? Uh, Funny or Die actually did a parody video called The Time Traveling Dietitian. And (laughs) it is so funny. And you laugh because you've seen the video and it is amazing. Um, it is this guy who's this time traveler who's jumping out in, out of their kitchen bathroom into the kitchen where the guy's trying to eat his breakfast. And he's like, don't eat your eggs. They cause cholesterol. (laughs) And then he comes back and he's like, oh, wait, actually we, we messed that up. You can eat your eggs. And then the guy goes to eat his breakfast again. And then he jumps out and he's like, don't eat your steak. It causes heart disease. 
And then, oh, wait, okay, actually, we might have messed that up too. And then he jumps out one last time and says, no, wait, you're not supposed to be eating bread. And <laughs> he's like, we should be eating what our Paleolithic ancestors eat. It's just a really funny video. And if you haven't seen it, you need to Google it because it talks about all of these misconceptions that people have about nutrition that I have to laugh about. You know what? If we're just <laughs> eating a balanced diet, it's crazy the changes your health will make. Uh, huge claims like that is where things... I I laugh because, yeah, like... Back in the day, people just, they were like, we can't eat eggs. We can't eat the yolks. We can't eat red meat. We can't, it's all bad for our health. They say it's bad for our health. Who is they? Who are these people telling us that? And then it comes back and, oh, actually, the things that we were saying weren't true. So I find those ones hilarious. So if you haven't seen that video, Google uh, Funnier Dies Time Travel Dietitian. Yeah, that's a great one. The, my fitness one, the best article I read is actually by Gwyneth Paltrow. She claims no woman should lift any more than three pounds. I I think there was a video on it. And I it's funny because we were just joking about this video this morning at the gym. And she goes on to talk about how women should never lift more than three pounds. But then talks about how her right arm is more toned because <laughs> it's the arm she carries her toddler on. And it's like, well, I think your toddler might weigh more than three pounds. Gwyneth, girl, your kid is more than three pounds. <laughs> it's not shocking that their arm that's stronger lifts more than three pounds. Think about it. I have a grocery bag that weighs more than three pounds. If I'm only ever lifting three pounds, how am I ever going to be strong enough to carry my groceries? Oh my gosh. You couldn't go to Costco. <laughs> I, couldn't go to, I couldn't go anywhere. I eat so much food. How would I get all those groceries into the house? I feel like I'm a pretty fit person and sometimes going grocery shopping feels like a workout. My favorite thing at the grocery store is when they ask me, if I like help carrying my bags and I want to say yes, I really do. But Curtis always gives me a hard time about it. He's like, you're strong enough to carry your own groceries. You don't need your help with them. Sometimes I just, I just want someone to do a gentlemanly thing for me, carry my bags to the car. And then I feel so guilty. That's too funny. <laughs> so yeah, I guess those would be the, the, most off the wall things that I've heard. Yeah, those are favorites of mine as well. <laughs> so I always like to tell my clients that when they sign up for a program with Vitality, our experience is going to be very much an experiment. So we're really working together to find what protocol is are going to be best for their unique body and their unique lifestyle. So a lot of times it takes trial and error to determine what these strategies or protocols are. I want you to reflect um, on what you have learned about yourself through your own journey. Knowing what you know now, if you could take a time machine to the start of your health journey, what would be the one piece of, of advice you give to past Ashlyn? I honestly think there is a huge misconception about quote-unquote dieting. I don't even really like the word dieting. I feel like it sounds restrictive because we've kind of made it seem like it's restrictive. People back in the day believed that in order for anyone to lose weight, you had to eat a thousand calories a day. And I fell victim to that too. 
So I just wish that I knew more back then. I wish that I had challenged myself then as I challenge myself now. Like I dig deep into things. I'm constantly uh, checking out like the latest claims on things and digging into them to see if what they're saying hold any worth. I just read that you were supposed to eat a thousand calories and that's all I did. Yeah, I lost some weight, but man, I felt terrible. Like I had just started CrossFit at the time and my workouts were going terribly. I was also getting injured all the time and I couldn't figure out what was happening. It turns out, and this might sound weird, there is a direct correlation (laughs) between deficiencies in your diet and injury. Who knew? Who knew? But like I said, this was quite a few years ago. And yeah, past Ashlyn, she tried every bandwagon diet that was out there. She ate a thousand calories. She ate no carbs. She ate paleo. She did Weight Watchers. You know, she did high carb, low fat, low protein diets, like everything out there. And I know that we use the word consistency a lot, but if I just would have been a little more consistent with the way I was eating, I would have gotten so much further. It sounds too good to be true. Consistency. (laughs) I talk about it. It's the non-sexy word. Consistency. There's no, there's no nothing behind it. There's no pizzazz. There's no secret. There's no nothing to it. It's just being consistent. I know it's crazy. So let's expand on this. I want to dig into the term moderation with you because it's a term I hear you use often. And when I'm working with my clients, I always have them reflect on whether they are what I call a moderator or an abstainer. So these terms were coined by Gretchen Rubin. She has a podcast. She's written a few books. And she describes moderators and abstainers as a personality trait that you're born with. And she says that if you know if you're a moderator or an abstainer, you can set yourself up for success towards your health goals. So I'll explain this concept to you with an example so you know what I mean. So say I have a tub of ice cream. Someone who identifies with as a moderator might tell me, oh, if I can have a half cup of ice cream on my quote-unquote diet plan, I would feel so satisfied. The same situation to an abstainer would be the completely opposite perspective. So if I told an abstainer, hey, you can have a half cup of ice cream every day on this diet plan, they would say, wow, that sounds horrible. If I can only have a half cup, I would be so unsatisfied. I just want to eat the whole tub. I'd rather have none at all. So Ashlyn, knowing you, I know that you're a moderator, but I'm not sure if that was always the case for you. So I'm kind of interested in your perspective on this topic. Courtney and I talk about this a lot because I am 100% a moderator and that might sound crazy to people, but we were reflecting back to even when I was a kid, um, we have a, like at my parents' house, there is a snack cupboard. It is always full of, it was full of school snacks, um, treats, things like that. I never went through a phase where I was constantly digging through the snack cupboard, you were hungry, you needed something to eat, you got something to eat. And then that was kind of it. I didn't need to eat an entire box of anything or something that tasted good. I didn't overindulge in it at the time. Uh, Then I fast forward to my twenties. And now I don't know what happened during that 
point. And I don't know if it was because, you know, I'd moved out of the house. I was cooking and shopping for myself at the time. There was something that changed in my 20s. Um, it was like overeating, over drinking, over everything became a thing. And at that point in my life, I would have actually said, you know, I had no moderation at all. People actually probably think that I have a crazy amount of willpower. But as you said, it does come naturally to me, you know, just working in a treat, a small treat into my day every day. And as I said, I have three bags of popcorn in my cupboard. It's also stocked with delicious tasting protein bars and um, pretzel crisps and the freezer's full of ice cream. And I just like to have all of these things on hand for when I do have my treat during the day. Now that to someone else might be like, I would just eat the entire cupboard until I was sick. That is not what happens in my house. But like I said, in my 20s, I definitely did not expand on my moderator behaviors. And I don't know how that switched. And I honestly can't even explain it to you. I don't know if it's just like, mom and dad aren't here. So I'm going to eat all the food in the cupboard. And then not shocking, I put on a bunch of weight. And I guess that's where my journey with nutrition essentially started. But it brought me back to my moderator ways I don't have some crazy amount of willpower that someone might mistake. It's just an actual honest to God tendency that I have. I think that's awesome. Uh, I encourage the listeners to reflect and maybe like get at us in the comments or reach out to us. Let us know if you're a moderator or an abstainer. I think it's super helpful to identify uh, and then just set yourself up for success. And the thing was, like I said, I went through that stage, you know, in my 20s where I wasn't moderating anything. And I know people, some people have said before, like, what does moderation even mean? Well, it means exactly, you know, what I'm talking about, not eating an entire, an entire pint of ice cream. I just have a serving of it. It tastes good. I've satisfied any craving I might have for it. That's eating moderately not eating like an asshole, right? Not overeating all my portions, eating till I'm sick because I've done that before. And that sure as hell wasn't moderation. It's so funny because I naturally am more of an abstainer. And so when I walk through the ice cream aisle and I see all the tubs, I'm like, Courtney, you want to buy one? You want to be a moderator? But it's so hard for you. Don't buy the ice cream. Go get the cone at McDonald's. It's portioned for you. You know that works. So it's funny because I listen to you. I'm like, that makes so much sense. It's so easy. Just have your portion. But for me, I don't know. I'm still working on seeing if I can turn into a moderator because I do think it's the way to go. But I think there's like, yeah, that, that in between. Yeah. I think you can be, and we've talked about this before, being a moderator abstainer, you know, being a like a little bit of both like Gretchen talks about, it's hard to kick one or the other. I think that I could probably be an abstainer if I had to be. I just, for convenience sake, and I don't like, I wouldn't call myself a lazy person in general, but for the ease and convenience of my life, I just like having the food in there ready for me to eat it when I want to eat it. I don't want to have to go to the store if I don't have to. Last night, I had to scoop my own ice cream into a cone and eat it because I didn't feel like going over to Dairy Queen. (laughs) That's real problems right there. 
I feel like I'm going to go off the grid a little bit with our outline, but uh, kind of along those same lines, sometimes I like clients to reflect on something I call their red light, yellow light, and green light foods. Have you ever done this before? No. So a red light food would be a food that you're like, okay, when it's in front of me, there's no way like portion control goes out the window. Um, Yellow light would be like, okay, this is a food that's healthy for me, but getting the right portion can be tricky. For example, ice cream, not that it's necessarily healthy, quote unquote, for Mm -hmm. you, but let's say like peanut butter. You know it's nutritious, but sometimes that tablespoon turns into two or three. And then green light food, that would be something like veggies. You can eat all the veggies. You're going to feel great. You keep them stocked in the fridge. Do you have any red light foods? Yeah, it's funny. Like when you started talking about it, I was like, oh, I do. I do have a red light, like some red light foods. Um, I would, like if I'm at a party, that's where... I love like all those appy foods and things like that. That's where I find it hard to moderate. Um, And I know we were talking about this and this might scroll into like one of your future questions, but when people are like, when you go out or when you're at someone else's house or anything like that, like how do you navigate those situations? You know what? I've like, I'm so consistent with my diet that if I'm at a party And I have those red light foods in front of me. And I'm not saying that this is the way to do things, but I'm like, I'm so consistent all of the other time. If I'm going to have a little extra of something, I'm going to do with these foods that I really enjoy. So yeah, my red light foods are those snacky appetizer foods. And I know people can relate to that because who doesn't love a cream cheese dip? (laughs) I love that perspective, but cream cheese dip. I don't know if that'd do it for me. I am a sweet tooth. So if you threw like... We were talking today, a crepe <laughs> cupcake in front of me, like all the icing, that's right up my alley. Yeah, it's true. I do love a cupcake. Um, I don't know, like if there was like something, maybe some sort of like deliciously frosted or stuffed cookie that was sitting in my cupboard, I might have a hard time saying no to one. But like, I do have Oreos in my cupboard. I know that sounds shocking because most of you think I just eat broccoli and chicken for a living, but (laughs) there's Oreos in the cupboard. And yeah, I'll have a couple every day and just leave the rest. I never feel like I'm like going all cookie monster on them and like crumbs (laughs) flying everywhere or anything. (laughs) Shit is not getting out of control. I have my two cookies and I'm like, oh, that was good. So I guess, so that's my, that's my take on being a moderator And the term moderation, because you know if you are eating within moderation or if you have overeaten. So you can't tell me that the term eating moderately is too loose, too vague, anything like that. You know when it's happening. Yeah, I think we've all been there and we know. Yeah. I want to expand on weekend eating because I know overeating on the weekend is a challenge that a lot of clients face. And I know Ashlyn actually used to struggle with weekend overeating. And something that a lot of the listeners might not know is that I had the opportunity to work with Ashlyn as a client several years ago. When Ashlyn and I started working together, she told me that overeating on the weekend was her non-negotiable. By that, she meant that she loved having the freedom with her food choices over the weekend. She wasn't willing or interested in compromising the flexibility to enjoy the foods and drinks she wanted with the people that she enjoyed spending time with. 
But ultimately, overeating and drinking on the weekend was sabotaging Ashlyn's consistency during the week. Over the course of a year, Ashlyn, I noticed, kind of slowly started to change this mindset towards weekend overeating. She embraced consistency through the weekdays and weekends, and that's when she started to see results. From my perspective, it was this change in consistency that allowed her to embrace her full potential as an athlete and change her body composition. But an answer I don't know is what caused you to make this massive shift in mindset? Well, this is going to kind of go back to what we talked about a little bit earlier um, when you asked me advice for clients following the recommendations. Okay. So we're not trying to ruin your weekend. I felt, I think, I think we get this idea of needing a cheat day. Like, and actually Curtis said it to me once. He was like, it's almost like you need to do things perfectly because you know, there's a reward at the end. So I knew if I ate perfectly during the week, followed the recommendations, hit my macros, that was fine because the weekend, it was going to be a free-for-all. I also had this mentality that, you know, I was eating so well during the week, whatever, if I ate like crap on the weekend, I was still going to lose weight. Well, it turns out this eating thing and losing weight is all about a calorie deficit. And I would eat in my calorie deficit throughout the week. And don't get me wrong. We're not talking that Courtney has me on macros on, what do we call them? Peasant macros. I was eating like almost 2000 calories a day. So it's not like I was starving. And then I just felt like I had to go out on the weekend and binge my face off. So essentially I was eating so much, so many calories on the weekend. It was pulling me out of that deficit. And then I wasn't losing any weight. When it shifted for me was, hi, I guess I listened to her for a couple of weeks and uh, cleaned up my act on those weekends. And it was weird because I started seeing some progress. I know we talk about consistency and everything, but just keeping within my same calories seven days a week. And I know we delve a little bit deeper into it because I do follow macros and and things like that. And as an athlete, I feel like I do need to make sure that, you know, that I'm eating the appropriate amounts of those. But honestly, keeping those my calories the same on a daily basis, but including things that I enjoyed and were in keeping me sat was keeping me satisfied was all that I actually needed to stick to the plan. So it did mean that I had to like look outside the box a little bit. It was like, oh, you're craving those appetizers? Well, I would invite people over and we would put some wings in the in the active fry. And yeah, I would track them and everything, but I wasn't like going out for deep fried wings or whatever. I would make some dips and stuff out of, you know, non-fat Greek yogurt instead, which still tasted really good. So I was just making good choices, but still eating food that tasted really good. So I guess it turned out I just liked the way I felt more than the way I liked that the food tasted. This might sound vain to some people, but I also really liked the way that I started to look. My body did start to change. My composition did start to change. And although I am a fairly confident person, um, confident with my body was not one of them. And I did start to gain some more confidence in that area. So weird how just changing what I was doing on the weekends ended up changing my perspective, I guess, with nutrition in general. 
So I hope that kind of answers your question. I know I kind of went off there a bit. No, I love that. And I think it's all about finding, like you said, what works for you and the diet that you enjoy. I'm going to go off the grid again because it kind of sparked an idea. A lot of times clients, I think, rely on motivation. So Monday rolls around, they're super motivated to stick with whatever plan they've set out for themselves. But relying on motivation means that by Friday, there's none left. Mm -hmm. It sounds like for you, you just found a way of eating that you enjoyed and instilled it as a habit. So you weren't relying on motivation. You were just doing the thing, eating the foods that you loved Mm -hmm. and were consistent. Yeah, no, for sure. Like you have to be eating foods that you like. Um, I wake up in the morning and I crave my breakfast because I think it's so good. And I make a breakfast that people would go out to a restaurant and buy, but I just make a super macro-friendly version of it. I will do that with anything. Uh, If you follow me on Instagram, I'll be posting like the other day. I don't know if you've ever had the cheeseburger pizza from Boston Pizza. Well, I made a macro-friendly version at my house. So I'm, I'm never missing out on anything. And I think people think that you know, losing weight or quote unquote dieting, which that is the word that I don't like when people don't like the word moderation. I don't like the word diet. I also have a term with, and I know we are doing it, the phrase losing fat. I don't know why I don't like that phrase. I have a hard time typing it to clients too, because I want them to think about things in such a positive manner. And I feel like when people say fat, it's got this this cloud around it, this, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? I absolutely do. I have a lot of words that I hear people say them and it's just my, my stomach turns or yeah. I miss a beat because, yeah, it has that negative feeling around it. Yeah. So like with mine, with my weight loss journey with, and it's not just about looking good and and everything. It's about my health, Right. I'm not just doing the things that I do right now, you know, because I am being vain. I'm doing the things I'm doing now so I can be healthy for another 70 years. Like I want to live to be a healthy hundred year old person. I'm not that person who is like, oh, I hope if things aren't going well for me at 80, then that's it. I don't want to be that person. I want to live forever. I want to annoy Curtis for the rest of his life. I'm going to do all of these things. <laughs> I'm going to, I take care of my health. And that is what people misunderstand about me and the way that I'm eating. And people might think that I'm obsessed with macros and I'm not. I have a very like healthy view of how I'm eating I do try to like not only eat foods that I enjoy, but also look at it as fuel. And also there are the, that's the social aspect too. Mm -hmm. So I will still go out and have drinks or food with friends, but I'm just not being a jerk about it. I'm just being very conscious of my surroundings now. I love it. Let's dig into surroundings. A term that I like people to reflect on is something called the built environment. Essentially what the built environment is, is setting your, whether it's your home, your office, up in a way that supports your goals. Uh, And I think we can all reflect on this uh, a little bit deeper with an example. So say you purchase cupcakes, those Crave cupcakes Mm -hmm. we were talking about, so delicious. You leave them on the kitchen counter. Obviously you're going to eat them because who wouldn't want to eat a delicious cupcake? Mm -hmm. But if instead you have a bowl of fruit on the counter, 
no cupcakes. You're probably not going to go out and get the crave cupcakes when you have that craving um, for something sweet. You'd probably just eat the fruit instead. So by setting up your environment with the stuff that you want to eat more, you just make healthy living a little bit easier. So essentially, you simply build your environment to make the better choice the easy choice. So I want to know, what's one way you've changed your home environment to support your nutrition goals? I guess my home environment wasn't really what my personal Mm -hmm. issue was. Um, Mine, like you said, was the weekends, the going out, the eating out, Mm -hmm. those types of things. So I always had, you know, like healthy foods stocked in the cupboard. That's not where I really gotten into trouble though. Mm. Um, so what I had to change was what I was doing on my weekends and things like that. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't shut myself in my house, but instead of us going out for a big meal at some restaurant, we get together and cook that meal with our friends in just a healthier version. So it's like, yeah, I can go to, and I love, (laughs) I love the steak Oscar at the keg there's so much fat in it. Of course, it's a Bernays sauce on top of a steak. <laughs> like, obviously, there's so much fat, but I really love it. And I will treat myself to that every once in a while. I never finish the steak and I'm a big eater, but it is. if you know anything about fat, fat makes you feel very full very quickly. And it's a lot of fat and protein in that meal. So I can never finish it. So I'm always packing up the rest of the steak to go home. But now we'll invite people over and we'll barbecue steaks and like, make awesome side dishes and stuff like that. And you know what, if somebody wants to bring out the scale and weigh their, weigh their food, we're okay with that. There's a no judgment zone at our house because we've surrounded ourselves with people who have the same kind of goals with us, who eat similarly to us. And I guess that's how I changed my environment. So less about, you know, taking the junk food out of the cupboard because I can moderate that. What I couldn't moderate was when I was out in that public setting, you know, and it's, you go over to someone's house for a drink or whatever, and there's always the snacks and I love chips, right? Like that'd be another one that I could just like pick, pick, pick at and not realize that I've now eaten an entire big bag of chips. So instead of having those types of things out, maybe we throw a veggie tray out and don't get me wrong. I will have some chips here and there too. I'm just, smarter about my decisions. Um, and I set myself up in a way that I'm not always having a big bowl of chips sitting in front of me, taunting me or me going over the edge with them because yeah, that would be a red, that would be a red light food for me too. (laughs) I will go like buy like some, the, like the, are they Lay's baked chips at the gas station? Yeah. I've seen you eat before. And you know what? Like they, they, I fit them in my macros and they taste really good. And I don't, I don't do it very often, I guess, because it's like not convenient for me to, I'm not at the gas station a lot, but that'll be one of my foods that I'll pick up for sure if I'm there. So yeah, my built environment, um, changing the setting of the, the social setting. Let's dig into that, that peer influence or social group. So for you at this point in your life, you're surrounded by people with similar goals. So everyone's eating pretty healthy, um, doing lots of fitness, and it's pretty easy to stay on track. But I know for a lot of people, this might not be the case. They might be part of a work environment or maybe even their home environment where their peers aren't necessarily on the same path as them or maybe not even 100% on board with what they have going on. 
Yeah, uh, I know. I know we did it. We were we were talking earlier about is it luck? No, it's not luck because I do what I do because I love it. And, you know, it just turns out that I don't work with anyone else right now. Right. But I used to work in an office setting. Um, Courtney actually had the opportunity of working with me that summer. And as lovely as all of the people were, they appreciated our work and everything. They would always bring us treats in. And it is so hard to say no to a treat. And I talk a lot about to people, a lot of clients who are like, oh, like the donuts that someone brought or, you know, any of my nurse friends, they're like, oh, people always bring treats and stuff into um, like their break room and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I can totally understand how hard that would be to navigate. There's an article um, and I send it out to a lot of my clients. It's called Mind Your Own Damn Business. And I can't quite remember what the website is, but it's so funny because people, not only can you not choose your environment at work and the people that you're surrounding yourself with, you can't choose how they're going to react to how you eat. People sometimes just aren't okay with you making healthier choices. They want to drag you down their rabbit hole with them. If they're eating a donut, they want to set a donut on your desk too. So not only, okay, so you are in your zone, right? You're working away and you've decided I'm not going to have the donuts that somebody dropped off and that's okay. And you're okay with it. But now your coworker is not okay with it. They're not okay with you not eating the donut when they're eating the donut. So I guess the whole, that aspect in what I do, I had to start being kind of blunt and like not in a rude way or whatever way, but now people just stop asking me, right? They, it's not taunting me with food or anything. They know when I want to eat something that's maybe off track, I'm going to eat it. But they also know that them dangling something in front of me isn't going to make me make that choice either. And it's actually kind of annoying. It actually turns me off of the food even more. It makes me want to be like, ugh, if you're going to shove that in my face, it's actually kind of repulsive right now. So if you can go and find that article, uh, just Google, uh, yeah, lifestyle shaming, mind your own damn business, I believe is, is what it's called. And you can totally relate to these people. Um, I'm sure that it has happened in everyone's life at some point. But yeah, being an entrepreneur makes that much easier. I don't have that stuff shoved down my throat. I don't know if that's where you're going. I kind of went went off on that, but I have a whole, I have some stigmas in that area. Honestly, I think it's a great answer and it's something that people will appreciate hearing. I know for me, I've been in those situations as well. And the rebel in me is the same as you. Like, you're not going to tell me what I want to eat. But then I also kind of acknowledge in my life how some people express their love through food. So if I think of my grandpa or maybe my mom, they want me to eat this food because they've made it for me and it would make them feel good to have it. So sometimes those situations I find a little bit more sensitive to navigate. And I hope my mom doesn't listen to this, but I am not opposed to a little white lie. Like, oh yeah, sure, I'll take these cookies home and eat them later. <laughs> yeah. And they've maybe been given to my brother mm-hmm. behind the scenes, or maybe they've even hit the trash can. And that's not meant to sound rude, but if I know that eating those cookies is going to make me feel tired or sluggish in my workout, 
sometimes I decide that, you know what, it's just not going to serve me to eat these and it's not going to make my mom feel good to tell her that I don't want them. Maybe we'll just kind of compromise with a little white lie. Yes, I agree with that 100%. It hurts people's feelings when they're trying to do something nice for you, like genuinely nice. The... Um, examples I gave in the past, those people aren't being genuine, right? They're mm-hmm. not being helpful. Your mom was, you know, she, she like, and it's mom, quote unquote, as an example, right? Mm-hmm. It could be anyone in your life is just trying to do something nice for you and show, like you said, their love or whatever it is, right? She just maybe enjoys baking and she wants to send them. But yes, I've done the same thing. And I... You know who really appreciates homemade things that, you know, I'm not maybe indulging on is my father-in-law. So I'll always send him a little treat and he's super appreciative of it. So um, if if that's the case, everybody's happy. The person who gave it to me feels happy. And you know what? Sometimes I do have the treat as well. So it's mm. you can't guarantee that I'm, you know, always giving things away. But yeah. Or, and then I feel good because I have stuck to my plan and my father-in-law is feeling good because he got some delicious treats too. (laughs) I love that. And it's kind of navigating those situations as well. Like sometimes it's worth it to eat the cookie. Like it's your favorite Mm -hmm. cookie. You want to eat it. I'm not saying don't eat the cookie, but yeah, figuring out when it's going to serve you and when it's going to make you feel great when maybe another time, maybe you want to pass. Yeah, 100%. And I had a question asked to me. Someone asked me earlier this week, um, and Courtney knows, she knows the question, as she knows what question I was asked. Someone reached out, and, and they just asked me, like, what do you do in, a, you know, a situation where you're going over to someone's house? And the one thing is, is we talked about the built environment, and I do hang out with a lot of people who who do cook a lot of foods that I do eat. So it's... I don't want to use the term easy because even my parents, like we've always been like a meat, potatoes, veggies um, for supper kind of, you know, family. My parents do live out of town, but when I go there, like they like to eat meat, potatoes, veggies too. So, you know, it's not, it's not super hard in that way. But if I ever am faced in a situation, you know, where I am going to somebody's house, um, I, I told this person, like, you can contribute a dish. Everybody's, they love it when you show up with some food. Uh, obviously, I go to everybody's house and I have a meal. That's, I would never turn that down from someone. I love, you know, being social and things like that. Uh, but if someone is on a, on a strict journey, take a, take something with you, you know, um, just have a smaller portion, still enjoy your food. But my other thing is, is that I'm, I'm so consistent during the week that if I'm going to go to somebody's house, I'm going to enjoy what I'm having over there. That's the point is they put some time and some effort. They've invited me over to enjoy, you know, their food and their company. So I'm not going to stress it. I'm not going to stress the little things. I am going to enjoy my time. I don't do it very often. I, I just, you know, I, I don't find that there are times that come up as much anymore, but when I do, yeah, hell yeah. I'm eating the food. I'm with you on that, especially for me. I eat a lot of meals alone. I work alone. Mm -hmm. So I eat breakfast alone, lunch alone, and I'm a single gal. So I eat supper alone. So if I get the opportunity to eat with friends or family, I'm not going to turn that down um, because I'm trying to be super strict with my nutrition or maybe if I'm tracking macros. So Yeah. yeah, like you said, there's ways to compromise in those situations still reaching your goals, but taking the opportunity to enjoy food with other people is so fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I, I a hundred percent agree with that. So I don't want to give anybody this misconception of anything that I do. Um, my diet isn't super strict on one thing. You know what? I, I do probably too much processed food, but the way that I've structured it, I, I make it work for me. Um, people are like, I'm so busy. Like how many times, honestly, how many times do you hear someone, you get an email from someone who is so busy? Like every day? I almost dislike the word busy. And we talk about, there's a quote, try replacing the word busy with, it's not a priority. So instead of saying, I'm too busy to get groceries, it's not a priority for me to pick up groceries. Yeah, I'm Eek. too busy to go to the gym. It's not a priority for me to go to the gym. You know, I'm too busy for my health. Your health isn't a priority. So that people are busy all the time. And there was an article on that too. I'm sorry. I just, I read a lot of articles apparently and listen to a lot You're of You're digging into the deeds. <laughs> great. There was, and I sent it to Courtney and it was a good article. It was about the use of the word busy and people throw it out there nowadays so often that they don't even use it in the context that it's being used. They use it as an, as an excuse uh, a lot of times. So yeah, this is what I say. People are like, I'm so busy. And my response to that is everyone is. Okay, so if you don't have time to go to the gym or get groceries and keep your food stocked or, you know, people are like, oh, it's easier to make some mac and cheese than it is to make, um, you know, some healthy meal is like a what is a quote unquote healthy is another word. What is a healthy meal? Mm-hmm. Right. What does that consist of? You there's so many different aspects of that. Healthy isn't isn't one specific thing. So no, I can make my macro friendly meal that helps me, you know, reach my goals way faster than you can cook that mac and cheese 100%. And I would sit down with anybody and put them to the test to that. There is a test that I like to put myself through. So I was actually reminiscing with a client this week and we were talking about, oh man, meal prep kind of lacked this week. And it's not that we didn't eat well. It's just like you said, we maybe relied on some more processed foods, pre-chopped veggies, pre-shredded lettuce, maybe some pre-cooked chicken. So if I'm ever in that situation where the food's not ready in my fridge, I like to do the drive through challenge. So I live close to an independent grocer's that's right by a McDonald's. So what you do is you park in the parking lot and you look at the car at the end of the drive through run into the store, buy what you want to have for lunch. So maybe I'm scraping together a lunch. I get some pre-cooked chicken. I buy an apple. Um, I get a little veggie tray. Maybe I pick up some almonds from the bulk bin. Mm-hmm. This is just me totally on a whim. Yep. Get to the checkout, run out to my car. Guaranteed, I can do that faster than that person gets through the drive through line. So do it. Check out the <laughs> drive through See if you can beat uh, the car going through. So it's just a way to think about busy. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I've never heard you use that reference before. I think that is amazing. Uh, it's so true. I put on my Instagram story the one day how I could make my breakfast and it was, um, an egg white, it was a, like a Tex-Mex scramble. So it was like egg whites and I had some fajita veggies in it, like peppers and onions and they were frozen. So I didn't have to cut them or anything. I threw in some, you know, light Tex-Mex cheese. I had some fiber rich toast. I know when anyone says fiber, 
like it was fiber rich toast. It makes me sound like like an old man or something needing his fiber. It's like it was little big bread, some Silver Hills bread. So I had some toast. I had a Tex-Mex. It was freaking awesome. Like it tasted satisfying and delicious. And people will go order a scramble at like Denny's or something. But I had it on my plate in under 10 minutes. And like by the time you boil some water or, you know, oh man, Curtis is like the other day, he's like, I'm just going to run to Tim Hortons and grab a sandwich. And not that you can't fit a Timmy sandwich into your meal. I was like, okay, but our food, our fridge is full of food right now. Can you not just like, like we have things in there that don't take a lot of time, but for him to drive to Tim Hortons, pick up something and he was going to go through the drive through himself. He would easily have a super tasty meal on his plate in way less the time. I was in that same situation last night. I had done a workout at the gym a little later than usual for me. And I thought, you know what? I haven't had supper. I just finished at the gym. I should go to Costco. This is a great idea. And so finishing up at Costco on the way home <sighs> thinking, I'm hungry. And I had two decisions. I went, I could go straight on 8th Street, hit up the Opas, or I could turn right and make something at home. And I thought, honestly, I think it's going to be faster. Turn right, go home, make yourself your meal. It's going to be way easier, cheaper, and it's actually going to be faster. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is such a good, that's such a good reflection. I've never heard it before, but I love that test. And I truly believe if you are busy, you can get to your goals too. There is no shame in just a little bit of prioritizing, right? Just because I prioritize, you know, my health and fitness over some other things is not to be confused with being vain. Okay. I want you to look at that as me prioritizing my health over other things. Just like the next time you want to judge somebody who does spend a lot of time in the gym or does spend a lot of time, you know, with their nutrition and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's dig into the processed food topic because as a dietitian, people probably would think like, Courtney's never going to tell me I can eat a processed food. And when I say processed food, I'm not meaning like go pick up a bag of Doritos. I'm talking like healthier foods that make our life a little bit more convenient. And like we said, I'm all for that. If it means that you're not going through the McDonald's drive-thru because you picked up a rotisserie chicken at the grocery store, I think it's great. So what's your favorite quote-unquote pro processed food? Oh, I have a, well, I have so many. I'm not going to say I have a few. You know me, so you know I love, and I call them convenience foods, and which people would look at my, my fitness pal and be like, oh, look at the processed foods. But you know what? I, I don't want to say it like this, but it wor- it works for me, you know? Um, so I love, uh, I'm in a hurry. If I'm in a hurry out the door and need something like a meal, Um, The Costco little breakfast sandwiches are a go-to. I really love, there's a hash at Costco, a breakfast hash there too. I'm big on breakfast foods, not necessarily eating them in the morning. So anybody who's like, I don't even like breakfast. I don't really love eating in the morning either. I usually eat them at lunchtime or even like I'll have a breakfast for supper, but I do really like breakfast foods. So those are two of my favorite convenience foods. I also, before Save On Foods got here, there was the fajita mix, the frozen veggies. That is a super convenient way for me to be cooking. I love those as well. So yeah, when people are thinking like, I'm going to get my diet and health all in control, but it is going to be so much work. 
it's as much work as you want to put into it, right? Um, you can go a more convenient route if that's what works for you and we can make it work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we do want you getting your fiber in because that's important. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously we're making, you know, good choices with our lean meats and things like that. But uh, if you need to sneak those things in there, you have to. And I'm okay with it. Yeah. Love it. So we've talked a lot about macros or macronutrients, a little bit of a buzz term, but essentially that means tracking your protein, carbs, and fats and being aware of where those protein, carbs, and fats are and getting the right amount for whatever goal you want to achieve. Now, it's not the only way to approach a healthy diet. Absolutely not. But that's the way that you've identified um, as enjoying to eat and you like to track your macros because you are an athlete and you want to make sure you're getting the right amounts. But if a client wasn't ready, willing, or able to track their nutrition, what one piece of nutrition advice would you suggest they implement? Anybody who starts with me, they've never overeaten their protein. So you like if I were to tell anybody right now, eat lean protein. Eat it at every meal. Eat it with your snacks. Okay. And when people think lean protein, they think chicken, first of all, like like that's Mm -hmm. literally the first thing that comes to mind or meat, but it doesn't include just those things. There are a lot of different options, but if you can increase that lean protein in your diet, A, it's going to stop you from overeating. Have you ever, that was a question for you. Have you ever had anyone email you and was like, well, Saturday night got cray. I overate so much chicken. That's so funny. Yeah, it doesn't happen too often. <laughs> Saturday night. People are like, oh my God, I ate so many carbs or I ate so much fat, right? Like, they're not like, I overate chicken. That's not a thing. So Pet yeah. Greek yogurt. <laughs> yeah. Like, <Cottage> cheese. <laughs> Saturday night. <laughs> no, it's like, eat some more protein because you're not going to overeat it. And like there's so many benefits to it. I don't harp on people to eat more protein just because I want to see them stuffing themselves full of meat. You know, it causes it like it keeps them feeling fuller longer. It it keeps them in that calorie deficit as we were just talking about because they're not overeating their food then. They're eating it quote unquote moderately as some of you might like the term, right? So, yeah, protein and people always think they're like, well, you have to eat a high protein diet because you're an athlete. You, I'm sure you get that from people. That's not the case, right? Uh, people are like, wow, I increased my protein and my sugar cravings went away. I'm like, I know, man. I'm <laughs> what? What? I'm going to write the, the nutrition association and <laughs> alert them of the news. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I, I, I get, you know, we give you this information because it's going to be good for you because it's going to get you where you need to be. And because then you're not going to be like, oh, man. I want to eat so many carbs. Like, how much protein did you eat today? Right? Did you eat protein at every meal? Then they're going to be like, uh, probably not. Right? So I guess that would be my, that would be my first tip. Eat pro- And I, I bet you were like, oh, maybe she'll say vegetables. Like, eat vegetables. That's a good one too. Right? But that's kind of what everyone expects it to be. Eat some lean protein, man. <laughs> that would be mine too. 
actually, I think that was like I do some nutrition challenges with folks, and I think we start off with protein. Yeah, like Let's get some protein at breakfast. See what happens. And mm-hmm. Courtney's really good at eating her protein. Ashlyn, it's a struggle. She just gave me this face, like, mm, yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle with it. So any other people out there that do, they're like, oh, isn't eating and nutrition perfect for you? It's not freaking perfect because there's sometimes the end of the night where I'm like, oh, shit, I haven't eaten all my protein today. (laughs) Courtney will be like, I don't even know how that happens to you. That's the first thing that goes for me. Oh, I don't know how it happens. I just, I guess I naturally, maybe it's the habit of knowing that I feel better with more protein. So I'm always choosing it at my meals and I just yeah it's always there for me yeah and I think I just right I spent so long eating uh creating a bad habit is what it was right when when you're eating shitty foods over and over again that are causing you to gain weight that's a habit and now it is still taking me a while to make um eating lean protein a habit and I taught like people are like we have a three month, we, we say we have to work together for three months, right? When you um, sign up with Vitality and we, like three months is like the bare minimum to like help people start to create new habits. And they're like, oh man, like I still have these tendencies. It's like if you for 20 years have eaten one way, it's going to take more than three months. I Like, you know, I, I'm not trying to deter anyone or anything, but I just want like to be realistic about it. If you eat one way for 20 years, Changing those habits in three months is going to be a stretch, right? It's going to be a journey. And we talk, we talk about the journey and the process and, you know, stuff like that. It doesn't happen overnight. It does take some time. And, like, you can eventually, if you stick with it, find that groove too. Yeah. And the cool thing is when those habits develop, all of a sudden, they're just the things you do. And then the outcomes, they just kind of happen. They just happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened with me. Mm-hmm. But, Yeah. Eating lean protein, still have to be very conscious of it. (laughs) No, I love it. That's a great tip. So I've spent a lot of time with you over the past year or longer than a year. We've been close for a while. And we've talked a little bit about this, but your consistency lately doesn't really waver. You're always, you seem pretty motivated. Like you never really get too down in the dumps. But have you ever been down in the dumps? Like, what do you do if you feel unfocused with your health goals? How do you get back on track? So as far as health, health goals mean two things to me. Health means fitness and nutrition. Um, I definitely find that that'll happen with fitness. Fitness is still something that I'm not 100% confident. Uh, Curtis has always been super supportive and he's been more confident in me than I ever have. And I know that you have too. Courtney, you've been you've been more confident about my fitness than I have been and like probably still are at times. And that is something that I go in waves with, you know, where I'm like, yeah, like, F yeah, I got this. I didn't use the F word. Normally I would. <laughs> I will use all the other words on here. <laughs> People who know me would expect that. But yeah, like, I'll be like, yeah, I got this. And then there's other times where I'm like, oh, well, aren't I the most unathletic person that there ever was? So in that sense, like it is hard. And I do think that you have to then maybe mix something up, maybe try something different, you know, get yourself back on track. People, that's why people like CrossFit though. And it gets a bad rap for people, quote unquote, drinking the Kool-Aid. It's hard because you, you are doing things better and better each time you go in there. So that's the addictive feeling that it gives you. 
right? And uh, But if I ever do get like, oh, everyone else is better than me. I'm having a poor me moment. Yeah, I got to mix it up. Like I have to go try something different, do something different. And then it always makes me want to get back at it again. As far as nutrition goes, you're right. Like it is very consistent for me. Um, I don't have times where I, you know, really struggle up and down. I can generally just stay the course with it. I know that's not a helpful thing for me to say to anyone. It's just like, well, oh yeah, that's a great tip there. (laughs) (laughs) But I I dicked around for so many years in my 20s doing things that weren't right that weren't that made my life hell honestly and like now I just I think that people have the this misconception that I have this amazing willpower that isn't the case either I don't know I found a really good balance between like treating myself like just a little treat yourself and not eating like I'm at Uncle Mo's family feedback. I was that's a Simpsons reference for anyone who used to watch the Simpsons back in the day. What I mean by Uncle Mo's family feedback, it was like this disgusting <laughs> heap of food that people were like overeating and that was me in my 20s, right? I was we went through an eat big, lift big stage yep. at the gym. That didn't do anything for my physique, let me tell you. I was never really on board with the eat big, lift big. I didn't see how that was really working out for people on the pull-up bars, but I mean, we got through that phase. <laughs> I'm really glad that's one that's... I was like, yes, there is a theory behind this. Holy smokes. Like, I I peaked at my heaviest during that phase, amazingly enough I also did my first muscle up which is a gymnastics movement for anyone it's like the unicorn of gymnastics movements in the gym where you like pull yourself um from hanging on the rings to above it I also did that at my heaviest not with great technique or anything but wow we are things easier now that I have shed 30 pounds so yeah I think the balance between treating yourself and not eating like a full-on jerk is what I've come to terms with. So, you know, I don't, I don't like treat myself one night and then completely fall off the wagon for a week. I just, that part, I'm satisfied. I move on with it. I don't know if that really helps you in what your question is. Like, how do I get back on track? I, I guess I just ate so poorly for so long. I'm not interested in doing that anymore. Yeah, I would say like listening to you and we use the word habit already, but I think what you do is just a habit. It's not a quote unquote diet that you're on or off. Yeah. It's just the thing you do. And there was a great example given to me by the owner of CrossFit Brio, Jocelyn Riley. She talked about how um, really you want your lifestyle or your healthy lifestyle to be a habit like brushing your teeth. So nobody has to get motivated to brush your teeth. It's just something that you do. It doesn't matter if you had a bad day or a good day, you just brush your teeth. Yeah. That's the same as nutrition or fitness. Like I know for me, I just go to the gym at noon. It doesn't matter if I'm tired, if maybe I'm not feeling it. I just go to the gym at noon and I've asked myself before, like, is this because I'm disciplined or have a lot of motivation or willpower or do I have to read an inspirational quote to get myself pumped up? And it's just, no, at 1145, I hop in my car, I go to the gym. It's just what I do. The same way eating your foods, just what you do, your habit. Yeah. And that's a like, just something that you said kind of sparked something with me. It's like when people are like, well, what do you have to do tonight? Well, I just have to go to the gym. Okay, well, 
that's not a, like you can do that whenever. And it's like, no, actually that's my priority, right? Like I, for my health, I'm not going to skip the gym to do this. Maybe if we would have planned it differently, I would have gone to the gym at a different time, but I'm not going to cut out the gym just because it's conflicting with something. Mm -hmm. So I think people also have to realize that like, I don't choose the gym because I'm addicted to it or anything like that. Some days I go there and it is friggin' hard. Like I do some of the things that make me feel so uncomfortable and everything else. So, you know, I am rolling around on the floor, like dirty, like <laughs> floor dirt on me. And I've done something that's super hard. So it's not like I'm going because I am addicted to it or whatever. It is a priority for my health. And I just put that above a lot of other things. And I guess some people don't prioritize that. I really encourage that you do for your future self, you know, and it is hard to get started, but your future self will thank you if you do some activity and it doesn't have to be CrossFit. And I say this all the time. You don't have to be doing what I'm doing to be, you know, healthy or happy with your fitness, but you do have to be doing something that you love that you love that becomes a habit and it doesn't drain your willpower it's kind of yeah if you kind of think like maybe there's one day you skip the gym something comes up or like you forget to brush your teeth you fall asleep on the couch like that happens once in a while but the next day you're like "Ooh, I need to brush my teeth same with the gym for me it's like there might be a day that goes by that you know it's my grandpa's birthday and I have to head home and I don't get to go to the gym but I don't let that go on for 2 days, 3 days, 4 days. Yeah. It's like, ooh, I want to get back to that that routine, that habit. But honestly, mm-hmm. too, if you knew it was your grandpa's birthday, you'd probably go in the morning. And I know I'm going in the morning. <laughs> That's this Sunday. <laughs> I know and I know Courtney well enough that I know she would go in the morning. Ashlyn, however, she might reorganize it for another day. <laughs> so yeah that is just making it a habit I know nothing sexy about what we're saying nothing exciting no pizzazz behind it so let's finish off with one more question but I want to jump outside of nutrition we'll stick with the topic of habits but what is one habit belief or behavior that has most improved your life well I have made a lot of changes this year and people have probably noticed not just with health and fitness, um, business work-wise, um, and even with relationships. So I find myself saying a lot lately, I don't need that negativity in my life. So if there is a situation or something or someone that is weighing me down, over and over again, I reevaluate it, right? Um, this can go for anything, right? You're in a job that's crappy and every day you wake up and I went through this once and I woke up every morning thinking, can I call in sick for work today? I can't have that weighing on me, right? Um, you have a friend that's always putting you down, always making you feel unconfident about yourself. I can't have that kind of negativity in my life. It can be so hard and it can be so scary. I remember that day when I quit that job. I actually came and saw Courtney afterwards. I was so happy. And that was probably the first time that I'd ever really done 
you know, like taking that step outside my comfort zone to like really, we call it driving our bus. I really drove my bus in the direction that I wanted it to go in. But it does, it goes for more things than just a crappy job, right? Um, If you're not happy with your, it can be anything, diet, fitness regime, you know, interactions that you're having with somebody over something, you have to, the the negativity starts to add up after a while. And it, it affects you, your, your mental state. It affects the way you look at yourself, your confidence, all of those types of things. And you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? And so, yeah, that is the thing this past year that has most improved my life. I say no a little bit more often, um, not because of anything. If I'm too busy and I can't fit something in, I was always saying yes. And then, you know what? I was always up till (laughs) I'm a late worker anyways. I'm usually up until one o'clock in the morning working anyways, but then sometimes I'd be up until two o'clock in the morning. And then I had to get up in the morning again to start work again. And it just wasn't working for me. Sometimes you have to say no And it feels uncomfortable. And there are times when you're like, I really would love to help that person out. And you do it because you're like, yeah, you know, they'll like it if I do it. But do you like it if you're doing it? And I think people should ask themselves that more often. I think that's a pretty awesome place to end. Yeah. Pretty deep. Good thoughts. (laughs) That's, yeah, that's amazing. And saying no is something that's challenging for me, but... Something I'm trying to embrace a little bit more. Yeah, it, it is tough. And we tackled so many awesome topics here. Um, being our first podcast, I can't even believe how well it went. I'm not even going to yeah. lie. <laughs> how are you going to top this? I'm the best host ever. <laughs> so I do want to thank Courtney and the guys at Contrast Recording for making this first episode such a success. If you enjoyed it and what we talked about today and are interested in more of my insights on things that I have, then just head over to my Instagram page um, at sweat underscore effect for my daily dose of goodness on there. And until next time, keep on having fun and keeping fit.